0: pro fans all over the world we welcome you to the Pro Fan arena where prolific sports fandom a desire for wisdom in life and work for the purpose of glorifying god through our gifts and talents all rumble together thank you for joining us now introducing your starting lineup standing five feet nine from the university of take responsibility Playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Let's get it, y'all. Happy Tuesday. Whatever is out in front of you today, you can do it. Let's get it. Welcome to the Pro Fan League Podcast. My name is Brad Gibbs, the founder of Pro Fan League. I appreciate you spending some time with us today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death, and that makes this a great day. Now, lace up your Puma Majesties. And let's talk sports. We're jumping right into college football. It's the hot topic. There's a lot to talk about. The college football playoff final four is set. It's controversial. We're jumping in. I'm giving my takes on this. I've been itching to do it since it came out on Sunday. Had to wait till Tuesday morning. Mike Greenberg on the mothership ESPN is out here talking about figure skating and how uh, college football has now been turned into figure skating. Maybe that's the case. This is a complex issue. Florida State should be in the CFP. I debate whether I'm supposed to put Florida State into Bradley's bloopers because I handicapped the CFP for us a couple weeks ago, and I said Florida State had a clear shot. Well, maybe it was too clear a shot. See, to me, Florida State and the CFP was the only no-brainer because I figured they would win the ACC, and they did, and they're undefeated, but their record, their difficulty of schedule in the eyes of the committee was not difficult enough for them to mare a top four position despite being undefeated, despite being the only power five undefeated conference champion to not get into the CFP top four. That's historic. Maybe that should be in Bradley's bloopers. They were left out of the CFP at the expense of my national championship pick, Alabama. Alabama beat Georgia and, in the eyes of the college football playoff committee, earned themselves a spot in the top four. The only loss Alabama had this year was to Texas, who's the number three seed in the top four. By virtue Of not losing a game. I do think the right call would have been Florida State into the CFP. But I do think Michigan-Alabama is a better football game than Michigan-Florida State would have been. And I will fall into the trap of Florida State's offense is different without Jordan Travis, their starting quarterback. That's undeniable. Should have it cost them a spot? No. But will the football be better on the New Year's games with Alabama and Michigan? I think it will be. Now, it's unknowable. I understand that. And we have seen backup quarterbacks have success in the college football playoff. We've seen it over the years if you go back. I believe Cardale Jones of Ohio State had a lot of success as a fill-in quarterback in the football playoff. And there's been some other examples too. I understand why the committee did it, but I think the heat they're taking for putting Alabama in over Florida State is appropriate, but really, were they going to keep the SEC out of the college football playoff? The SEC conference is the king. Of college football. Maybe that's the quiet part. You're not supposed to say out loud. Is it the quiet part? Honestly. The fact that Georgia is not playing for a national championship. This year after winning 29 straight. I can't sit here and say. That Georgia is not one of the best teams in the country. And they're not going to play. For the college football championship. The solution for many has been, and it is the solution, right? Next year, it expands to 12 teams. All these schools are going to get a shot. But now, with the 12-team playoff, these student-athletes will be playing football, I believe, into February. With realignment of conferences, you have student-athletes flying from... Southern California to New Jersey to play football. It's hard to imagine them being sharp for their studies. This has nothing to do with student athletes anymore. The money rules college football. You want to know why Alabama got in over Florida State? comes back to the dollars. The committee knows what game is going to get the best ratings. And Michigan, Alabama is going to get huge ratings. Washington, Texas is going to get huge ratings. It's that simple. Why has the Pac-12 been eviscerated? They couldn't get a TV deal. The school's... Saw the money in the Big Ten, and they took it. This has nothing to do with what was in the best interest of their student-athletes, what's in the best interest of a conference that's been around since 1915. It had everything to do with money. And that goes as well for the CFP decisions this weekend. And we'll all, many of us, will be watching. And they're counting on it. I'll be watching. It makes for a great debate. But it's a debate that doesn't have to be had. If the intelligent people, and I don't say intelligent sarcastically. I mean the people running the college football playoff are bright people. For many years, Condoleezza Rice was on the CFP committee. There's a lot of brain power in the room. I have thought, since the beginning of the college football playoff, why do you not make it? It's called the Power Five. Make it a five-team playoff. Have a play-in game between four and five. The top seed gets a bye. This is not rocket science. And it would have been amazing. This year, you have a Florida State-Alabama play-in game. Washington plays Texas. Michigan has a bye. I don't think that's... That crazy. And it solves the problem. Five teams get in. Four plays five. Two plays three. Top seed gets a bye. Boom. We're in business. No controversy. Now, they're going to go to a 12-team playoff. And, again, on the football field, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be a cash cow. They're going to accomplish everything that they're hoping for. The TV money is going to flow in. So I get it. I think I'd just love to see us stop acting like this... Is about the student athlete or that academics matter. I have never been a proponent that student athletes should be getting paid because I think it minimizes the fact that many of these athletes are playing on scholarship, which means they are getting paid. They're going to a premier university at no cost to themselves in many cases. Yes, there's walk-ons, but the majority of the athletes you see on a football field on a Saturday afternoon or whatever day of the week are scholarshiped athletes. Maybe they don't have money in their pocket, but they are getting paid. And if you go on YouTube and watch a tour of athletic facilities, punch that into YouTube. It's very difficult for me to believe that these young people are not being provided for when you look at the facilities around the country. I have never thought that the student athlete should be paid extra on top of what they're receiving inside their scholarships. But with that said, I understand that this is going to happen, and it is happening with NIL. But even this has started to change how college football has worked. So, in the spirit of strong takes today, my solution for the college football playoff was a five-team solution. A play-in game between four and five One seed gets a bye. That's antiquated. They're going to 12 teams. Done deal. Starting next season. It'll be entertaining. It'll give me a lot to talk about. On the field. And I will say, how about that Alabama win over Georgia? If we're talking about wins on the field, Alabama's hot. We'll see if they can overcome Michigan. Washington, Texas. There might be... Man, I don't know what the over-under is going to be for that game. A hundred? Eighty-five? That is going to be... They might as well put flags on the young men. Woo! It's going to be a track meet. Points everywhere. At least that's what I think it's going to be. I do not see a defensive uh, boxing match breaking out in that game. A lot of speed on the field. Michael Pedics. He keeps making those throws from the far hash. Man, he can spin it. Five-team tournament. Not happening. But that's my idea. I think it would have been great football. And it would have kept us from playing football into February. But that's what the TV networks want. Second... Since NIL is real. But nobody knows how to regulate it. Since I have a microphone in my hand. And a show at my back. I'm going to give my opinions. On if we're paying players. If NIL is real. NIL is what allows a young athlete in college. To make money off their name, image, and likeness. This is what I think. I think that. Every scholarship athlete, if we're going to do this, figure out a way to do it where nobody's left out because that's what everybody wants. Nobody's left out. This gets cheaper. My solution gets cheaper if you just say football, basketball players, but that's not going to work. The politics of that aren't going to work. So there's 180,000 scholarship athletes, roughly, in the NCAA, I think that the NCAA, the member institutions of the NCAA, one hundred and thirty-three schools in Division One sports, on top of the scholarship, should pay every student athlete who's on scholarship ten thousand dollars a year. That comes out to roughly one point eight billion dollars a year. That's just the straight payment. Ten thousand times a hundred and eighty thousand athletes. One point eight billion dollars. It's estimated that scholarships right now cost somewhere in the neighborhood of three point six to four billion dollars a year to these universities. So let's just work with round numbers. Four billion, add another two billion. So scholarships now cost the universities six. Billion dollars a year total. I divided 1.8 billion by 133 schools. That comes out to roughly 13 and a half million dollars a year to every member institution who's passing out a scholarship. If you're good enough to be scholarshiped at a D1 university, you get your full ride, everything that comes with it, and $10,000 in your pocket. Now, People say, well, what about NIL? Well, this is the big payoff in my plan. If you believe that you are good enough to be an NIL player, you have to forego your school scholarship and they bill you to play ball at that school. And every single year you have to make the decision at some appointed time, whether that's January 1st or right before the season, whether you will accept the offer to play scholarship ball or swim or gymnastics or whatever. Are you going to take the school's offer of the scholarship package or are you going to go on your own and pursue your own interest as NIL and accept the invoice from the school to be part of the team? So, you can go out here and make your own money and pay the school to receive all the benefits that the scholarship athletes are getting, or you decline the scholarship, you sign the letter of intent to play there, you take the NIL money to play at the school, but then you're on the hook for your own expenses. Or, if not all of them, the majority of them. That could probably be negotiated. So, it makes a clear division. You think you're good enough to play? and be an NIL player, then decline your scholarship, sign up for the school's NIL program, and that's what you get. And you pay your bills. Or you take the $10,000 and the full ride, and you're part of the school on a scholarship. There we have it. I think this model brings some equilibrium to the playing field across college sports. And it solves the issue of, well, does the fencing team get paid NIL money and how does all this flow out? You make a standard side of this equation on the scholarship side, you provide the NIL path, everybody wins. That's my thoughts on the money. That's my thoughts on NIL. That's my thoughts on the college football playoff. This issue between Florida State and Alabama and who should have got in, the right thing would have been Florida State. But this is an NCAA issue. This is a money issue The same reason that the Pac-12 will no longer exist is the same reason this conflict even exists. The NCAA, the powers that be, the TV networks, they're all getting rich at the expense of the game. And that's unfortunate because college football is an amazing scene. Today... The theme, the final theme, has been, will be, Thanksgiving for community. We've done three parts on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for where your feet are at. Thanksgiving for your work. Thanksgiving for family. Thanksgiving for community. Being a college football fan is community. The NCAA is community. Every one of these institutions is a community. Every one of these conferences is a community. I sat down and counted quickly. In under 10 seconds, I came up with nine different communities that I am part of. Do it for yourself. How many communities are you part of? I think there's more than nine for me, but I just stopped at nine. said, wow, I am part of a lot of communities. You are part of a lot of communities. What impact are we having? The NCAA had over a billion dollars in revenue last year and was functioning at a $59 million deficit. Let's not be the NCAA in our communities. Let's pray to the Lord that we can have a impact that is flourishing, The people around us in the communities that we are in. Let's take seriously the roles we have in the communities that we are in. Take responsibility as a pro-fan league core ethic. Alone we die as a pro-fan league core ethic. These are vital ideas when we talk about community. The definition of community is a feeling of fellowship with others. The result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Underline goals. Fireworks. Goals. The big why. This is what Pro Fan League is about. Defining clear goals. And then putting ourselves in the kind of communities and relationships we need to move towards our clearly defined big whys. What's the big why of the NCAA and college sports? A dollar sign. I think that has become clearly evident in the last 12 months. For going. Centuries of rivalry and history in the conferences to chase the dollar. That's the big why for them. And I will say this. Though I disagree with the dollar being the big why that all these decisions are being predicated off of. I do applaud their consistency. At least we know who the NCAA and these big conferences are. What these schools are about. The dollar, it's clear. So, that eliminates the guesswork. And I appreciate their consistency on that. Silver lining. It is an amazing privilege to be part of a community. Do you remember growing up when you were out there on the playground and teams were being picked up? And how crushing it felt if you weren't picked or how excited it was when you were picked. That feeling is directly linked to a desire for community because like we talked about with family, community and a desire for community is built in to human beings. And that comes from the community that's found in the Trinity, the triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit functions in perfect community. That's where our thirst for community comes from. We were created. The two greatest commandments in the Bible, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. The common theme of both those commands is relationship. We were built for relationship. Jesus Christ stands ready to save from sin. Today, if you have called on the name of the Lord and you are saved from your sin, be thrilled. Does it excite you that Jesus has chosen you to be saved? I hope that fills you with energy. You are part of the greatest community. God's family as a capstone of this Thanksgiving group of shows. We can be part of God's family, invited to sit at His table for all of eternity. God is mighty to save. He works in hearts, softening hearts to save. This should fill our hearts with joy that a loving God, while we were yet sinners, would send Christ to die on a cross for our sins so we could join him for all eternity in a new kingdom. If you have questions about that, feel free to send me an email at gibbs at If you aren't part of a community today, I would encourage you to check out a local church. If you're part of a local church, dig in, dive deep, get involved. And I will also say, as we come into this Thanksgiving, or as we are leaving Thanksgiving, as we are approaching Christmas, if it's been a while since you thanked a pastor of your local church for the work that they do, I would also encourage you to think of a way to encourage them and say thanks to them. The local church is the predominant community that God is doing work in the world, it's the only group of people in the world that has the Holy Spirit living in them. And it's amazing. The communities we enjoy in sports, the teams we cheer for, cheer loud. Enjoy the sports. But don't forget, we are not just fans. And sports is just one of the communities that we find ourselves in. The gym you go to, the School your kids go to, those are communities. The workplace you're in, that's a community. Your family, your relationship with your wife or husband, that's a community. The professional associations you're with, that's the community. What kind of impact are we having? And what's our big why inside of those communities? The NBA is a community. In-season tournament quarterfinals. Last night, Indiana and New Orleans have advanced. Ty Reese Halliburton started having a ridiculous run on Team USA over the summer. And it has stretched into his season with the Indiana Pacers. This guy is playing out of his mind. He had missed a game last week with an upper respiratory infection. Wasn't feeling great in the first half of this one, according to reports. Took an inhaler and came out in the second half and dominated the game. Brought the Pacers back to beat the Celtics on their way to Vegas. New Orleans on their way to Vegas. Tonight, the Knicks play the Bucs. The Lakers play the Suns. To set up the semi-final matchups in Vegas, NBA in-season tournament finals coming up on November 9th. Or, I'm sorry, December the 9th. Major League Baseball, a Babe Ruth rookie card was auctioned for $7.2 million. Yesterday. Just 10 of them are known to be in existence. And... That makes it the third most expensive sports card ever auctioned. And in a free agency update, there are reports that Shohei Otani is going to sign somewhere in the next couple of weeks. And he has received multiple offers north of $500 million. It's too much. I get that's what the market's going to bear. I don't know that he can live up to a $500 million contract. But he's going to get it. That's wild. We'll see what team lands him. I'm excited to see what team lands him. It'll be interesting to see. Finally, in the NFL, the Bengals win last night in a walk off over the Jaguars behind backup quarterback Jake Browning. Trevor Lawrence injured his ankle in that one. We'll see. We'll see how long that keeps him out and does that open the door for the upstart Houston Texans? Could the Texans win the AFC South? I will say this. 49ers 49ers go into Philly and win. The Texans did prevail. The NFL knows how to stay in the headlines. For a variety of reasons, both on the field and off the field. They know how to stay in the headlines. I had some questions arise for me from the NFL this week. One of them. Thursday night, DK Metcalf on his way into the stadium was wearing a black leather skirt with pleats. I don't think I have a comment, just a lot of questions about that. Second, there is a absolute tremendous commercial right now going from Fox Sports where Greg Olson drops the line, do you reckon I can say butter my butt and call me a biscuit on live TV? Now, if that's not a memorable sentence, I don't know what is. And my question to you is, What do you reckon is the appropriate social situation to say butter my butt and call me a biscuit on live TV? And that sets up the big question for Pro Fan League today. What would you rather do? Maybe this is a question geared more towards men, but I also... Don't think that pleats are that popular in the world. Maybe they're coming back in the world of fashion. I'm not going to claim to be a fashion expert. Would you rather walk around for a day in a black leather skirt with pleats or have to say out loud in a public setting, butter my butt and call me a biscuit? On that note, we are not just fans. I hope... That you have an amazing day. Go make plays. Think about the communities you're in. The impact you have is real. Think about your big why. Thank you for tuning in to this show. I'm cheering for you. I look forward to being together again on Friday.